Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Well, it is this morning here. I don't know what time you're listening to this podcast, uh, but it is, in fact, morning here in the beautiful state of Alabama. And in Birmingham, where I am at, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. Um, it is, in fact, my birthday today. So feel free to send well wishes and whatnot. And if you would like to give me a birthday present, by the way, uh, I am 48, looking great, as I like to say, uh, for this year. Uh, it'll change in when well, I'm 49, but 48 and looking great. If you would like to give me a birthday present, if you'll simply go over to the iTunes store and give me, now listen, I'm not asking for extravagance here. If you don't, I'm not looking for five stars across the board here. If you want to do that, it's fine. But if you would like to give me a gift, simply go over to the iTunes store, leave a review, right? As many stars as you think this is worth to you. Uh, if you've been listening for all 20, I think it's 24, I think this is the 25th episode. Um, if you've been listening for all these episodes and maybe you're, maybe you're saying, hey, I'm getting some value out of this thing, uh, I sure would like to um, give something back. And the way you can do that is simply by leaving a review. Go ahead and leave some stars, whatever how many stars you think uh, this podcast deserves, and a little review down below. So I want to thank all the folks, by the way, who have, uh, who have mentioned and who have done a review. By the way, the last review here, is by Hayden347, by the way. Uh, he shared, Hayden says, loved how fired up Paul is about providing good content for his podcast. I was a guest on uh, I was a guest on one of the episodes and was impressed with his energy, questions, and how comfortable he is with himself and his style. A great, a, a great example for any leader in the ministry or in the marketplace. I think that's just that's awesome. Thank you so much, Hayden. I appreciate that very, very much. And you can leave a comment just like that. That took probably all of about 30 seconds for him to write. And it should maybe take you less time. I don't know. Depends how how you know um how wordy you want to be. But uh, but today, like I said, celebrating the old birthday today. Uh, and I'm going to celebrate uh, with what I'm going to, I'm going to rename this opening part here. I think I'm going to call it absolutely worthless or not. Uh, this is where I just share. Uh, if you're not familiar with the podcast, I uh, go ahead and open up with just some benign type things that maybe you enjoy listening to. Uh, one of my favorite things, though, is breakfast. Uh, and, uh, and so I have 12 tweets here about breakfast and you might find these absolutely worthless or maybe not. If you happen to be a breakfast fan, like I am, uh, I enjoy it very, very much. Uh, and there's, (laughs) as I'm reading these, they make me laugh because these are breakfast aficionados, uh, like I am who just loves to get up early in the morning. I don't know about you, but I like to get up around five 30 and by the time, uh, eight o'clock rolls around, I'm ready for more breakfast. Uh, so Feel free to let me know. And by the way, this segment uh, is uh, this segment of absolutely worthless is brought to you by. I don't have any sponsors yet, so I have to sponsor myself. Okay, uh, so don't don't go, don't think, Paul, you're insane. Listen, I am insane, but I'm going to sponsor my own episode with my YouTube channel and say, listen. It, it absolutely worthless is brought to you by my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Jedi for hire. And if you are looking for over 300, close to 350 right now, I believe, 
350 youth ministry videos that talk about all kinds of things, uh, youth ministry related, as far as training, as far as youth room ideas, uh, as far as um, uh, ideas uh, of games and things like that, lesson ideas. If you want to just tap into it, it's all free. All you have to do is subscribe. And so uh, I recommend you go on over there and do that uh, after you listen to this podcast, or you could be doing it while you're listening to the podcast. I'm on my way to 1,000 subscribers. I'm at now, uh, I need 140 more subscribers. And so if you're not subscribed yet, please go over there. Also could be another wonderful birthday present if you'd like to do that. So, all right. So uh, this episode right here of Absolutely Worthless or Not, 12 tweets about breakfast. Here we go. Number one, uh, no matter what time it is, when I wake up, I am hungry. I believe in breakfast as a reward for choosing to rejoin the world. That is an amazing tweet right there. I think that is my new motto. That is about breakfast. That is saying, look, breakfast is a reward for rejoining the world. Uh, Number two, sorry I had to break up with you when you told me you didn't know what second breakfast was. And if you don't know what second breakfast is, you're not an early riser. Okay, you need to get up at 530. You have breakfast. You get your day going. And then later on, around 8 between 8 and 10, maybe, second breakfast starts to kick off, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, big fan of Waffle House, by the way. I just want to say that. I, I do love some Waffle House. Um, number three, uh, the only reason I can fall asleep at night is because all I can think about is, is, is how I'm about to time travel to breakfast time. That is amazing. I love that. I love it. Time travel. Sleep is nothing but time travel to breakfast time. That is, that's the deal, buddy. I'm into that. I'm, I'm loving that. Number four, uh, side note, breakfast is the best meal of the day, any time of the day, not up for debate. I agree. I agree. Uh, number five, I was talking in my sleep again and woke up saying, I wish breakfast came with a dessert option. Now, listen, I don't know about you. If you've ever eaten at IHOP, IHOP is like a, it's just whatever you're eating there is a breakfast dessert, okay? There's just a ton of everything on it. I don't, I I like it. I can't eat there very often because it is just, I would weigh 400 pounds, man. It is, it is dessert breakfast. That's what I believe. Um, Number six, if they made a cologne that smelled like maple and brown sugar breakfast sausage, I'm quite certain I'd wear it. That is, I don't know if I would do that. Would you wear breakfast cologne? I don't know what my breakfast, maybe mine would smell like bacon, which I believe they already have. Uh, Bacon for sure. Um, Let's see. Number seven, texted my mom the other day from the other room, and now she's making me breakfast. Well, this person here is a little lazy. I like to make my own breakfast, but listen, if you're if you're a teenager, it looks like a teenager uh, texted this, so I'm going to give her uh, a little bit of slack. That's what moms do. Moms make breakfast. My mom made always made good breakfast as well. Say that because she did. She made some good breakfasts. Number eight, time for second breakfast, the second most important meal of the day. I agree. Once again, we've already discussed second breakfast. You, we need to have those. Number nine, I love payday. Buying breakfast for the family is a must. We must, we, we must, what does it say? Buying breakfast for the family is a must. We're eating good to start off our day. That's excellent. That's a mom for you right there. Number 10, who actually need, uh, it says, uh, I could eat breakfast foods for every meal for the rest of my life and I'd be content. I could agree with that. 
breakfast foods, oatmeal, cereal. By the way, I watched the other day. I don't know. Oh, God. You know, Matt Stoney, I think is his name. And he ate literally two giant boxes of cinnamon toast crunch. Giant boxes. Huge bowl. And I think it took him like 17 minutes. I'll put a link down in the description below if you're interested in making some sort of uh, maybe like a uh, countdown or something like that. And I think, who is it? It has somebody eating breakfast. Oh, I gotta, I'll find it. Whatever I'm talking about, just check the show notes and there'll be a link to a video of a guy, I think, eating breakfast or eating cereal. There's another one. It's a countdown you can use for your youth ministry. Um, number 11, what's life without breakfast? I agree. Number 12, um, breakfast in bed, a real bliss. Happy Sunday, folks. And so those are the 12 tweets about breakfast. Absolutely worthless or not, please let me know if that was absolutely worthless or you enjoyed it. You can always send your comments to thedproject@me.com. You are welcome. Uh, so uh, it is time now to move on to the core of the show. And I changed this. I was calling it the meat of the episode, but I, I transitioned away from that. It doesn't feel right anymore. So I'm calling it the core. If you have a better name for it, by all means, please let me know. Uh, but the core of the show, I watched this video the other day of uh, a Navy SEAL named Jocko uh, Willink. And he talks about, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he's talking about ownership in the, in the military. And he said some just amazing, just half the video, by the way, the link, I'll put the link down below, don't worry. And, um, and when you're getting into this, by the way, uh, I'm just going to put this out here too. This, ep- this, this segment of the show, sponsored by my newsletter, okay? If you want the show notes, I add extra bonus notes and everything else. I send it out to you. Uh, and, uh, and so please be sure to sign up for that at thedisciplesproject.net. You can sign up for the newsletter. Not only will you get the show notes for the podcast, but you will get a regular steady diet of, uh, of information and stuff that I find that is cool or stuff that I'm creating or blog posts or whatever it is I'm creating at the moment, I want to send out to you. So by all means, please go to thedisciplesproject.net, click on resources, and you can sign up for the Fresh Impact Newsletter because I want you to be able to make an impact right where you are in your youth ministry, in your town, big or small, you can do this, okay? And I want to help you do it. All right, so former Navy SEAL Jocko Willink shares his thoughts on this. The video will be below. You can watch this, show it to your team. But let me give you the the 12 things. By the 12, that's interesting there. I didn't know. I forgot that this had 12 things to it, just like there's 12 tweets. So the number 12 is important today to somebody. Um, but let me give you the 12 things he says that I that are pretty amazing. I mean, they're not necessarily, uh, um, you know, revolutionary, but I think they're just, he's the way he says it, are, he believes in it so much. And when we talk about ownership in youth ministry, how much do your kids own your youth ministry? How much are they invested in it? How much are they contributing to it? Um, you know, when they when they are contributing, they're owning it. When they feel like they can uh, post about it, they're owning it. When they feel like their uh, their ideas and their um, you know their passion is involved in it, you know, they're owning it. But here's some twelve statements you can look at, and I, I'm a uh, you know I'm gonna. Um, you know, comment along as I go along to give you guys that extra bonus stuff. But um, number one is this. He says, you know, even talking about being in the military, he says that his soldiers 
are not robots. He doesn't just give orders and they just do what they're told. You know, he talks about the fact that a lot of the guys that he works with are hard-headed, they're soldiers, they have their own mind, their own opinions, and these guys are not robots. You have to be able to work with people to create ownership. You can't just, you're just because we're the youth pastor and just because we're the in charge of everything, we don't get to order kids around like they're robots and say, hey, you need to do this, and hey, you need to do that, and, and listen, I'm the youth pastor and, and all this. That doesn't work. That does not work. It, it's, it creates chaos. Uh, you know, something I like to say is, look, rules without relationships build rebellion, and you have to have relationship with kids. You can't just order them around and say, well, look, because you're in the youth group, you have to do such and such. You know, uh, and kids, be honest with you, kids are not in our youth ministry to accomplish all our ideas and dreams, uh, so we don't get yelled at by the leadership, right? Uh, the kids have hearts and passion, and they're real people, and they're not minions, okay? So we have to treat them as fellow believers, not just as students in our youth ministry, okay? Number two, the worst, the worse your plan is thought out, the less response you're going to get, and that's such so key there. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a strategy already built into your youth ministry of how to get things done, or you have a plan for an event or those things, if our plan is not worked out to the degree that it can be worked out, um, people are not going to respond to it very well. I'm blessed. Right now, I am blessed in this youth ministry that I'm in now. I mean, look, we're into summer. These kids just love showing up. They love hanging out together. Uh, I posted today. I said, look, here's... 10 ideas for theme nights during the summer. What do you guys think? And they said, oh, we love it all. It's all great ideas. Just go ahead and do it. And you know what? I, I said, look, you guys are going to help get it done. I said, I'm not just going to do it. You guys are going to help. But the fact is that they know from previous experience that when there's a plan, when you can spell out to them, this is what summer looks like, and here's why you want to be a part of it, they're going to respond big time. You know, confusion is the enemy of execution, Confusion is the enemy of execution. If kids are confused about where you're taking the youth ministry and where you're going with this stuff, they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna buy in. It's just not gonna happen. And so we have to be able to we have to be able to clearly articulate our plan. Where do we want to go? Where are we taking these kids? And they want to be on the journey with us. It's not like they don't want to be. They want to be, but they're expecting us as leaders to be able to have a well-thought-out plan as to why we want to do the things we want to do. Uh, and if we don't do that, we're going to be, we're going to be in trouble. Um, you know, we have to, it, it, incomplete thoughts and undefined goals will only frustrate those we lead. And we will not get the best from them. So be sure to have your thoughts well planned out. That's part of good ownership. That's part of kids buying in and contributing. Because they have ideas. They have values. They know where they, to some degree, they, they want to go somewhere. They don't know how to get there. But they, but they are trusting us as leaders to help them do that. The third, things that Jocko, third thing that Jocko says is this. He says, the less input I get... Uh, from the people around me in the creation process, the less likely they execute the plans correctly. And uh, you know what? When from the get go, if you if you and I, I try to I try to involve students from the genesis, from the beginning, and saying, "Listen, guys, this is what we're going to do. I need your input. I need you guys to help me create this. I need you to do this. Uh, who can do this? Who will do this?" Um, I need you. I just need your help. I need your, not just your help. I need your, your, your own. I need you to take a role in this. And when they do that, uh, you know, they're, they're moving right along. 
uh, when I am not when I get less input from people, once again, it leads back to the confusion process. But I, right at the creation, if you're thinking of an idea as a youth pastor, I used to call my office the lab where I thought I was supposed to go and dream up all these great ideas. And then I'm supposed to get out of the office, pitch it uh, like a salesman to the youth group and, uh, and say, this is what we're going to do. It, it was either pitch it and sell it or it was uh, this is what we're doing and not get any input. And so anytime I did that, uh, I never got, I, the plans did not execute correctly. The, it just didn't go well. And so that's part of what we do as youth pastors is, is make sure the plan is there. The scripture says, right, take the vision, run with it, right? But the vision has to be clear. Uh, the vision has to be clear to our students or they won't jump on it. Um, uh, let's see, number four, uh, check out the plan and collaborate. So once you have given your idea to the kids and the kids are going to own it and the kids are going to do these things, uh, they're going to, whatever they're going to do. What, I mean, I've had kids uh, do and pull off great stuff. Last uh, Halloween, they did a, uh, a great, a fun night. I think it was a Disney night, which means that includes Star Wars, things like that. So you could dress up, all that stuff. They had the plans. I did not interfere with them. I came alongside of them with the plan. I checked in with them, and then I collaborated with them. And I said, what can I do for you? What can I do to make this happen for you? And, man, they did it. And we had a great crowd, had about 24, 25 students uh, show up to that, which is not bad considering we have a youth group of about 35 to 40 on average. And so when we do that, when you check in and collaborate versus I'm going to own it or I'm going to micromanage or I don't think that's a good idea or you know what you plan and you collaborate you know uh, you know once the plan is established I check back with them and say look we're going to co collaborate on these whether it's new ideas whether it's troubleshooting whether you need equipment whether you need training uh, and all that stuff and so if we'll simply check out the plan and collaborate. Uh, we will get much further to building ownership where these kids say, this is my youth group, this is where I want to be because I feel like my, I'm valued and, uh, and, and the leadership values me. Number five, when a student owns it, the more effort they will put into it. That's on its face, simply, I don't even have to elaborate on that. When a student owns it, the more effort they will put into it. They work so hard on that Halloween deal, they just owned it. They made it work. They, they invested. They bought, listen to this, they bought with their own money. They didn't ask for church money or they didn't ask for, you know, whatever. They just said, I'm going to buy it. When they'll do that, they buy into it, okay? So when students own it and we affirm that, the more effort they put into it. Number six, I think number six, where was I at? One, one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six, kids will not and should not do for you just because you're the youth pastor. Listen, it's all about the relationships. You know, our authority is to, is, is a, is a small tool, okay, to getting things done. It's a small tool. It's not the, the major, uh, it's what we, you know, authority is a chance to lead. It's authority, authority without leadership is hypocrisy. You know, we have to be able to lead. We can't just have the title and the position. We've got to be able to lead. And kids won't do for us just because of our role and just because of our title or any of those things. We shouldn't count on that to get the best from a student or to create ownership in the youth ministry. It is a partnership that we have with people. Yes, you're supposed to have authority, but yes, you're supposed to lead as well. Otherwise, kids will not follow along. You have to be able to lead. You can't just have the title. Um, Students want a say in the destiny and future of their youth ministry. 
you know, my friend Tim Eldred says, you know, youth ministry is youth in ministry. Uh, is, is my, uh, it says that youth ministry is youth in ministry. And I agree. They, they are part of it. It's not just us ministering to them. It's them ministering to one another. It's them ministering to the world. It's, it's a partnership that we create with them that says, look, I'll give you my best as a leader. I'll give you uh, everything I've learned, whether it's in school or life, uh, and I'm going to give you the best, but I believe that you want to say, and you're, that's why so many teenagers are frustrated, right? Because their parents are telling them this, their youth pastor tells them that, the teachers tell them this, and they virtually have no say-so in where they're going. But youth ministry is a powerful tool to be able to help kids find their destiny and future, find their callings, find their stuff in life. And we have the opportunity as leaders to help them have a say-so in those things. Uh, you know, they want to say-so in their spiritual growth, you know, through the youth ministry so, so they don't level out. So they want to be able to do that. Uh, we just need to embrace that, right? We need to embrace their heart and say, this is what I want to do. How can you help me do this? Um, help kids want to do it. You know, kids don't always know uh, how to describe uh, what they feel, right? What they want. And they don't always have the best plan on how to get what they want. Um, but our role basically is to flesh out that plan and the emotional investment they're willing to make in achieving that. We're helping them, you know, we're helping them want what God wants. Um, and so in doing that, we have to help kids want to do it. We have to help change their motivations. Well, why do I want to do this? Do I want to be a star? Do I want to get up on stage? Do I want to do all those things? You know, that, you know we have to change the, the, the motivation for those things from selfish motivations to, which that's a start, but to move it to where they say, look, this is important because we're serving other people. I always try in my youth ministry to help point kids to the guests who come in, that the fact that they are, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're are there and they have enjoyed the blessings of what we have as a youth ministry, but there are many people who walk through our doors who don't understand what community is. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know what faith is. And what we do is to help them understand those things and to lovingly bring them to a knowledge of who Christ is. And so we always have to keep the, uh, we have an others mentality, but we have to help kids want to do it and change their motivation. Um, you have to lead, you know, uh, leaders are never off. There's no off day. You're always leading. You know, leading is not about giving orders or standing up in front of people or uh, giving a speech. You know, leadership is doing a dozen little things to help one kid get to where God wants them to be. You know, leading means discipline, discipleship, wisdom, hard choices. You know, all those things that we do, it's not just the, the moment. It's a journey. Um, you know, basically, you have to say, look, no one is going, no one is going to do this for you. You know, as a youth pastor, you say, look, nobody's going to do this for me. I have to do this, and I have to own it for myself. And, uh, and uh, you know, you, you can't ride the coattails of the previous youth pastor. You can't ride the coattails of the church. You can't. You have to step up and lead. I know that's a running theme within these points here, but I can't emphasize it enough. You have to be able to do that. I have to be able to do that. I cannot... I can't even look back on my own history and ride the coattails of my own success and go, oh, well, I'll just do this and I'll do that. Look, it, I'm always thinking about that. And I can't, uh, I can't even think about, you know, leaning on my laurels or resting on my laurels and saying, oh, well, it's this. God's going to do. This. No, I'm still working on it. I still have to lead. I still have to be investing and always investing in kids' lives. Next is accountability is a tool of leadership 
but not the only tool. You know, Jocko talks about, you know, I, not, he says, look, that we think keeping accountable in the way, I'll get to where he describes it, but in our minds, maybe keeping accountable is a, we use it as a weapon versus a tool, and we say, I'm going to get you, or you didn't do this, and I'm going to hold you accountable, and we get negative on kids, or we get negative in those things, and we say, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep my eyes on you, right? That's what we think accountability is. You know, uh, but there are pastors, and maybe you know some pastors, maybe your pastor, I don't know, but pastors who create uh, accountability simply so they would have someone else to blame things on uh, if things went sideways. And so accountability is a privilege, not a requirement. You know, accountability is a tool to get the best from people. It's also a double-edged sword because we must also be accountable. We must also be accountable to the people around us. And so accountability is a tool of leadership, but not the only tool. Uh, next is don't make, a, don't make accountability uh, or blame or uh, don't make it a, you know, don't make it a, a crutch uh, that you did not lead well. In other words, if you create accountability for someone's performance, uh, you are creating accountability for your own leadership. You're saying, look, if I'm going to make them accountable for their actions or for their event or for whatever it is you may be doing it for, if you're going to do that, remember, if they fail or if they did not lead well, the accountability comes back to us. We have to then say, that's my bad. I didn't equip you. I didn't train you. I didn't give you enough information. And, um, uh, you know, don't make it. Don't make blame or accountability or whatever a crutch. Uh, because obviously then we did not do well, okay? We have to point the finger to us, not to somebody else. Um, and then lastly is this, uh, you know you've succeeded when you are just about out of a job. And I remember this being so uh, vivid in, my, in one church. I can remember this, that a guy, one of my pastors, I think, told me, you know, or maybe in a conference, I don't know, I can't remember, but basically working yourself out of a job, right? That we say, look, we're going to do, it's not about doing less, it's about doing what's important. It's not about just being busy, it's about being busy doing the right thing. So, um, you know, the less I do, means that someone else is taking a role I do not have to take. You know, I always tell my staff that if I have to do it, I don't need you, right? So the more kids take on roles, uh, uh, roles uh, and accountability, um, the more relationships I have with them, uh, the more I can trust them with things. And then when they're doing those things, I don't have to worry. When I walk in on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or whatever's going on, I know that there are going to be kids who are going to do things simply because it must be done, and they're taking ownership. And I'm building, and, and once I have built and invested in those relationships, I can move on to another relationship and another relationship to where I am not doing everything. I'm not teaching Sunday school all the time. I'm not preaching all the time. I'm not leading the games all the time. You know what? If we're, if we're going to be just a one-man show, that is, that is no bueno, folks. No bueno. I'm trying to work myself out of a job not just out of a whole job, right? I, I still want to get paid, okay? Listen, let's not get silly. I want to work myself out of some of these jobs that I'm not very good at, or I think there is somebody better to do it. So let's keep that in mind. Let's keep these 12 things in mind that we get kids owning the youth ministry. First of all, they have to own their faith. Second of all, they have to own the gifts and talents that God has given them and accept that and say, okay, I'm good at this. And then lastly, getting kids to own the process of leading 
and discipling others, the youth ministry, right, uh, would be step three. That's where we have to get kids to go, where they own the process of leading within the context of the youth ministry and where they're doing role, having roles and responsibilities that we are not the best at, but we hand those things off. So that is it. That is the core of today's podcast. I hope that you'll stick around, though. I hope that you won't just say, okay, well, that was it. I got what I needed. Now I'm heading out because I have some motivation here at the end. I think you're going to listen to. Uh, I hope that you will sign up once again for the Fresh Impact Newsletter where you will get all these notes and uh, the links and all that kind of good stuff. And if you go to thedisciplesproject.net, you can sign up for that. And I hope you will. Once again, another birthday present to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I've just got to use it. I got to use it all the way through. I'm sorry if you hate it. I'm just, I have to put it in there. Whatever works, folks, whatever's work, working, okay? Uh, the third segment that we have here, if you're not familiar with it, I call it nerding out. And it's not necessarily about nerd stuff all the time. It's simply stuff that I am interested in, stuff that I am simply spending probably way too much time doing or or focusing on, or all those things, or maybe just a, a hobby that I'm into. And I hope that you like uh, this segment. I hope some of these things resonate with you. By all means, please let me know at the at uh, thedprojectme.com what you're nerding out about. Would love to talk about it, get into it, and maybe you can make me a believer in whatever it is you're nerding out about. So let me tell you what I'm nerding out about. Number one, hero clicks. Now, Back in the day, if you're not familiar with Heroclix is, I totally recommend this as a game. It's a one-on-one game that you can play with little miniatures, and uh, it has sliding dials, and you do battles, and you do things, and it's fun. It's just a fun game. And so I, the reason I, there was a resurgence in this for me was that the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they just came out with a buy. I bought it back in the day. I mean, I think Heroclix is now like, 10 or 15 years old or something like that, but they've put out a bunch of stuff and, uh, and I, they, the company had gone out of business, uh, for a while. And then there was a big, huge resurgence of that. And they, uh, just recently, probably about three or four years ago, maybe the resurgence happens. And then, um, and then just recently I got, I won't say suckered into it, but I think I was, uh, I was led into it simply because they came out with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle version of Hero Clicks, and they were starting to put those out. And so I kind of got excited about that. And so I have yet to uh, gone. I've played a bunch of games, but I've yet to go back and play them. Uh, recently, I've simply been collecting and picking things up. I don't know if it's going to be a collector thing for me or if it's I'm actually going to get to play. I'm hoping I get to play. Uh, there's some groups in town that I, I'm going to play with, but I'm also going to be teaching students. It's a very simple, fun, strategic game you can play with your kids one-on-one, especially for the, some of those nerdy kids in your youth ministry who love games, love superheroes, love uh, things like that, because that's really what it's about. It's all about superheroes and all kinds of stuff, and you're moving along a board uh, and a map, and it's very, very cool. So, all right, so nerding about Heroclix, uh, nerding about music lately. Uh, I just started on my YouTube channel a new show called The Drop, and uh, I've been listening to Christian music now for 25 years, over 25 years, really, since I was probably 14 years old. And I have built, I have just a ton of music. I have a ton of music. I mean, I have CDs everywhere. I have download. I have music downloads. I have everything. And I thought to myself, you know what? I just have all this music and I want to share it. Not only that, but I've made it a practice every week 
for I don't know how long, I'll, I'll say years, uh, where I'll go to iTunes first thing in the morning and I will scour what is new. I will simply go through, listen, both Christian and not, and just finding out what's new. What's what's my personal tastes, what I like, but also what is new? What is something out there that I really want to get into? And so I started doing a YouTube show called The Drop, uh, where, um, where I introduce new music and where... Um, I talk about the music and how you might be able to use it in your youth ministry. So uh, everything from stuff you want to be playing when kids walk in the door to uh, music you might be able to use at your altar call, uh, things that might have a dramatic flair that you might be able to use for dramas, things like that. And so um, and so those are the things I'm nerding out about. Those are the things I'm really getting into because I love music. I love Christian music. I love gospel music. It's had a major impact upon my life, and I'm hoping to develop that even more, and that'll be a blessing to other people, and some people will find some new music they like. So uh, that's kind of my hope there. Um, and the last thing that I am uh, nerding out about is Tribes, and that is my uh, program, by the way, if you've never heard of me or heard of me speak of it, you can find it in my store. Uh, you can get to that by going over to thedisciplesproject.net. And Tribes is a six-week or 10-week, at least I wrote it as a 10-week outreach. Uh, and I'm putting this thing to bed tomorrow night, announcing our winners. Winners are going to go to um, they're going to go to Six Flags, and what a tremendous season we've had of this. Probably the best season of tribes we've ever had. Uh, in the in the store, by the way, it's called the Blitz. We I give options of things that you can call your stuff. I chose tribes. You can do squads. You can do anything. You know, whatever you want to use. Um, but in this, in tribes, our version, our uh, tribes here, uh, we saw twenty five uh, visitors come in in six weeks. At twenty five, that's pretty good. That's the best we've had. And we moved it from summer to spring so the kids would have more access to invite friends. And so if you are looking for something exciting to do with your students, I totally recommend it. It comes with uh, a bunch of audio coaching where I not just hand you a curriculum and say, here you go. It actually has me coaching you on it, how to do some things. You can always hit me up, ask me about it, all that stuff. But uh uh, but now that this season of tribes is over, now we have the opportunity to invite those kids to go to camp and do some other summer activities and hang out with us. So that is what I am nerding out about. Uh, please let me know what you're nerding out about at thedproject.me.com. Feel free to email me, and then we go from there. So let me wrap up the show here. A little bit of motivation for you guys today because this is what it's about. It's about motivating you, keeping your youth ministry moving forward. I hope that that has been done today. Uh, but this little piece here, I wrote a piece this morning on my blog uh, that was said, um, I should, it's, uh, the title is, I should hate the Chewbacca woman, <laughs> the Chewbacca lady, uh, but I don't, I want to be like her. And here's why. You know what? Uh, I can be sometimes a jealous person. And sometimes, maybe like you, I don't know, I'm jealous sometimes of other people's success or, hey, look, I'm working hard. Why am I not seeing the same success that's happening? Maybe you're seeing that in your youth ministry where you said place down the street, they're just blowing up in our church. I'm working like a dog and, and all these things. And ultimately, the reason why, I think her name's Candace Payne, Candace Payne, well, the reason why Candace Lane, the, che the, the Chewbacca woman, um, uh, succeeded was this. Number one, she did her role. She, and it was random. It wasn't like I planned to go viral. This is going to go viral. No, she simply had a moment of joy talking about something that was super simple to her, but she was joyful about it. And joy was the ticket. Joy was her ticket. And everybody saw it. 
If you've not seen the video, I'll put a link down below. But here's the deal, though: if you're going to if you're going to do be in youth ministry and you say I want to be successful, or I want it doesn't matter whether you go viral. It doesn't matter whether you have 500 kids. It doesn't matter. You're going to succeed if you can do what you do with joy. If people are excited about it, if you're excited about it, if first and foremost, if you're not excited about it, nobody else is. But if you can do it with a certain level of joy, not always happiness, but joy with gratitude, with humility. And if you can do this, that's what has led to this woman's success. She's been on the James Corden show already. She's been on multiple TV shows. She's been on the radio. She's she has been uh, she's about to blow up. Probably, I would not uh, hesitate to think that this woman will write a book someday, become a conference speaker. All this is going to happen. Why? Because people are attracted to joy and people that do things with joy and people that do things with absolute abandon can laugh about it, have a good time. This was a normal part of her day. She just she does Facebook video live stuff. And because of that, uh, and because of that, people recognized her joy. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is no probably no greater, uh, no greater example maybe of that than the Chewbacca woman. Candace Payne. The joy of the Lord was her strength. She's a believer, goes to church out there in Texas. Uh, and I have to say, guys, if we want to be, you know, I heard this the other day too at a, uh, at a conference, you know, one of the principles of Apple, uh, yes, Apple, the company Apple, they have uh, what's called a high t- 25 high touch uh, things that they give people to do. And the first thing they say is be happy. First, be happy. First, be happy. And I would take that to another level and say, first, be joyful. Be joyful about your relationship with God. Be joyful about where you're at in ministry. Be joyful. You can't always be happy, but you can always be joyful and grateful. So, but that is it, guys. That is my motivation for you this morning. I hope that you will uh, receive it as I intended it, which was to keep you moving forward. It wasn't a beatdown, it wasn't anything like that. It was simply saying, look, let us be joyful and people not only will be attracted to our youth ministry, but more importantly, they'll be attracted to the gospel, uh, the hope of Christ within us, because we are joyful people. So thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show today. Uh, Be sure to, once again, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter uh, at thediscipleproject.net, and if you will do that, you're going to get the notes, you're going to get all that good stuff, and uh, that way I can send you other goodies as well, and I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you're having a fantastic day. Uh, go out today. You know, as Scripture says, go out with joy, right? And rejoicing and uh, enjoy where you're at today. It's my birthday today and I'm going to enjoy it. So I hope you enjoy it too, guys, even though it's not your birthday. So I will see you guys next time on the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast where I try to keep you guys motivated, keep your youth ministry moving forward. I love you guys. Have a super day, everybody. See you next time.